G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're back today with a very special guest who is a walking, talking testimony of emerging from hopelessness to hope. Her story is one of abuse, alcoholism, rape and suicide. She spent many years concealing deep wounds carried into adulthood from the trauma of her dysfunctional childhood. Now, those wounds were hidden behind the many masks, and she felt that those masks were essential for her daily survival. We're back today with author Wendy Burns, whose new book is all about transformation through trauma and pain and into joy and purpose. Her new book is called Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living. Wendy Burns is also an internationally certified Maxwell leadership coach, speaker and trainer. She speaks on professional topics around leadership and empowering women, as well as an inspirational speaker on the topics of suicide, domestic violence, alcoholism and sexual assault from the viewpoint of a survivor. Wendy Burns, always a pleasure. Welcome back to 2020. Well, good morning, Neil. It's always a joy to be back with you. Uh, I'm, I'm with your listeners today on 2020. Thank you. Hey, congratulations on the new book. Uh, we've been talking for years now, and uh, we tell yeah. your story, uh, and we do that nearly every time we talk. We'll get to that in a few minutes, but uh, your story uh, from your first book, Remarkable You, and uh, into your new book now, uh, these things are pretty powerful. This new book is like an action plan because it's not just an inspirational book, but there's an action plan here. You're really, you've got this heartfelt desire to see listeners who are suffering from carrying some of the trauma of their past and getting free from that and moving into a life which is marked in a different way. Give us an insight around your book. Oh, thank you, Neil. Yes, I am all about empowering the reader to be able to unmask, to be able to drop the mask that they cover, uh, that they use to cover the the trauma and the wounds and the the damage that affects our soul and our life and our journey, empowering them to know they have the power of choice and to be able to drop their masks and live truly in the purpose that they've been created to be. That's what Unmask is all about. It is about taking the reader on a journey to step-by-step step in a gentle way to acknowledge some of the damage that has happened to them. And it doesn't have to be big. The little things of trauma or wounds or circumstances can still damage us um, and leave their mark. Yes, and uh, to include every single listener in the conversation, you say that uh, right from the moment we enter this world, we become marked by our circumstances. And you do differentiate. You say that some of those sorts of things that shape us from our early life uh, some of those are easy to deal with, but it's the deeper wounds that happen when certain things happen to us where we perhaps need some extra help to get 
above those things. Yes, absolutely. We're marked when we're born, like we're born and we, and I love the fact that when we are born, we are uniquely created, right? We have this unique set of fingerprints that, you know, even in a court of law, it says who we are. This is Neil, this is Wendy Burns, we can't, we can't swap that over. And then our family of origin, our culture, our upbringing, our social our economic status, all those circumstances mark us. Then we're wounded by things that happen, words that are spoken. And some wounds are like just a little cut that we get that can heal really quickly. But other wounds, when we don't bathe them and handle them gently, uh, they're not healed and they ooze deep into our lives. Wendy, what I love about our conversations is that the presence and power of God inner life is never hidden with you and I always appreciate you speaking so openly about your own faith because you say that it was never God's plan that we might be born into pain and trauma but we're thankful that he did provide healing so uh, here we are in the world, not of the world, uh, born into, uh, you know, we'll, we'll always uh, come back to a biblical foundation, born into sin, all sorts of things that happen to us. Uh, we can take back to foundations of a sinfulness in humanity. But uh, give us some thoughts here. God provides healing for the pain that we find our way into. What are your thoughts here around, I know you call this an X factor, but uh, <laughs> your, your thoughts on God providing healing. Well, he always gives us the opportunity to be healed. And I love it. I, you must have been uh, on the same uh, thinking as I was today because I, I was thinking about Hebrews 12. And I love it because in Hebrews 12, that says that um, when we know he provided healing through the cross, through Jesus, we have this, this healing that Jesus made way for us. But in Hebrews 12, he says that we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin so so sin we so easily fall into, then we're able to run life's marathon with passion and determination. So God makes a way. He gives us an opportunity to choose him. And this is about a power of choice. We have a choice in Jesus. We will, we will have trauma. We will have wounds. But it's how we find Jesus in those moments, how we bring Jesus into the pain, how we bring Jesus into the to the wound or the hurt or the the broken damage that, that we're experiencing or the circumstances we're in. When we bring him into it, it makes a way for our healing. And, and it starts by simply acknowledging that we are wounded, right? And acknowledging that we need the Lord. Well, in your new book, you've got an action plan. And it's something that every listener could work through as they're dealing with their own wounds. This is a moment, uh, Wendy, where I, I ask you to just share your story briefly in a nutshell, just so listeners can understand where you've come from. When I say you're a walking testimony of someone who has gone through trauma and pain and now moved into a life of hope and, uh, and purpose, give us your insight around your story briefly. Okay, so just a quick story. Um, and it is, if there's children around, it is a little bit harsh to hear. When I was 13, I was I was in a dysfunctional family. My parents were alcoholics. Life was extremely dysfunctional. And I know many, many listeners will live within that space or have had that experience. When I was 13, 
uh, my father decided one day that um, he would take his own life and he included me in that suicide. He'd been drinking all day at the hotel. We'd come home. He was lying on my bed. He asked me to get him his gun. He, and of course, obedient, I did that. I brought it into him. He said to me, this is how you kill yourself. He put the gun in his mouth, the, the, the barrel in his mouth, and he pulled the trigger. So he killed himself right there in front of this 13-year-old girl. That's one of the traumas of that day. You know, I rushed to get out of the home with the children, and then that night, long story, it's in my in my books, of course, but that night my uncle's form of comfort for me who had witnessed this incredible suicide was to rape me. His form of comfort was to rape me simply because he could. So here I am, 13, and I am marked by one day, one defining moment in my life changed my life that day. And when you have defining moments like that, and undoubtedly there'll be listeners who thinking through their own defining moments, things that happened, it wasn't their fault, but things that happened that set them on a trajectory for their life they never intended, things that took them down some gullies that they never wanted to go. They had big, beautiful aspirations of wonderful goodness and things like that that take you in a different direction. Give us some insight here, Wendy, your own story once again, that when you deal with those things through your teenage years, these are formative years, and into your adult years, the sorts of pain and trauma that you can carry with you. Well, it just affects every part of your life. And for me, from that moment, I became an incredible control freak. I wanted to control everything my way to survive that trauma. There was no counselling. I had no counselling. I had to give evidence in a, in, at an inquest. Nothing, no, no one to support me. So I supported myself. And how I supported myself, I was. I used to drink with my mum. She used to force alcohol on me uh, in those early teenage years. Uh, my, my mum went on to commit suicide as well. So not only my father committed suicide, my mum committed suicide on my birthday. So for me, I started to control everything. And my life was very dysfunctional. I was drinking heavily. I was contemplating suicide many, many times. And then when I was 34, I was invited to go and hear as a preacher. And I wasn't having anything to do with that. Thank you very much. No, thank you. But I went along anyway. And up until then, I hadn't shared my story. I love how God works at Neil, right? I wasn't going, but God had a different plan, right? So there I was. I was in this church and they did an altar call. Not that I knew that's what it was then. In Newcastle, in Australia. And I was out the front. I couldn't get out there fast enough. And the lady that prayed for me told me that God knew the guilt I carried over my father's death. My goodness. God had my attention. He captures our attention and we're in a place where you say you became a control freak. Uh, you wanted to take control of everything. In your book, you talk about the sorts of masks we wear. One of those, you say, is you become aggressive. I'm assuming that's uh, where you say you were a control freak, you were aggressive. But Others deal with their trauma and their pain in a different way. Some move into withdrawal and some just try to cover up. There's all these masks that you like to talk about. Give us some insight here into how it develops when you go through the trauma experience 
and you try to deal with that on your own? Well, I think I think it's important to acknowledge, sorry, I'm losing my earpiece here, important to acknowledge that we think or we believe within ourselves that we're meant to just get up, shake off and keep moving forward, right? That we need to have this, this mask of I'm okay, it's okay, when deep inside we are not okay. So these wounds are oozing away inside of us because they've not been dealt with. So we put on a mask. My first mask was I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay, I can do this. But I was aggressive, I drank, I was angry. But then when I went out into the world, no one would have known what was happening inside of me. You mask up, me for makeup, hair, you know, I looked I looked the part, I looked like I was okay. You go home and then you, when you feel like you might be a little bit safe in that closed environment, you drop the mask, right? And that's when we yell and scream at our kids or we take that extra drink or we, we do those things that we know are not serving us well. And masks come in many different forms. I wore the mask of my job when I was in government. That made me who I was. My, my mask was my title and that's what I attached to. And I know we've spoken about that before, but that's a really important mask today. People think that if I'm such and such, that's who I am and that's the mask I wear, Neil. And I think that's that's even worthy of a discussion because it was when I lost the mask of my job that was when I faced suicide. I had to look that in the eye and say, do I take my own life or do I leave? And I was sitting in church at that time. I was a Christian, but I didn't, I hadn't given control of every part of my life to the Lord. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, Wendy Burns, our guest. Her new book is called Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living. Uh, Wendy, we'll take some calls as they come through. Uh, The interesting and important element I suspect here is that you can only hide those wounds and perhaps behind those masks for so long before they begin to infect all sorts of areas of our lives. Any thoughts here on the, the things that begin to come out uh, when these things have marked you in the past? Oh, you're absolutely right. It's like any wound. So if we, if we give the analogy of a, a wound that, you know, a deep wound that we don't treat will become infected and can become quite toxic, right? If it hasn't had the treatment, the wounds inside our souls are the same. And remember, the enemy of our souls wants us to be taken out. He doesn't want to live our true purpose. And, and they start to play out in our behavior, our attitude, our stress, our wellness, we know ourselves, and you know, not that I'm medically have that um, background, but we know stress affects our bodies in many, many ways. And these marks, marks, M-A-R-K-S, affect us the same way. Those wounds affect us the same way. We can only camouflage for so long, and then they do come out, they spill out, and often they spill out on those closest to us. We might even reflect on the fact that when people have grown up in church, they've known God, uh, they've understood issues around forgiveness uh, of hurts, of how to keep an identity in Christ, not just something that's all bound up on what happens inside us. 
and there might be an advantage for kids who've grown up through church because they there's no guarantee they might not face trauma even similar to what you've faced but interesting in your story Wendy you say it took 34 years before you really understood that you had an important key around how to address this trauma, the power to choose. Uh, You do highlight a lot of choice issues in your book. Well, that's exactly right. I made that first choice that I I made that choice to say yes to Jesus, right? So that's the first choice we make uh, when we become a follower of Jesus. And that's the start of our, our healing journey. But for me, it took many more years to realize that I needed to make a choice every single day because our choices will take us either closer to God or further away, closer to our purpose or further away. And even though I'd made the choice to follow Jesus, I hadn't given him full control of my life. I I didn't know that I could trust him to, uh, I was fearful of him, but I didn't know that I could trust him because I didn't have that relationship. So again, you talked about church. I was sitting in church and I was contemplating suicide and nobody around me knew that because I, I still wore a mask. I still pretended to be okay. I put on my Sunday church mask. But when I would go home, I was this, I had these wounds that were just eating me away inside. And I love the fact how much our God loves us and he cares for us and he's so merciful because he will only let us stay like that for, for so long. And he took me to the moment on my lounge room floor where I, you know, my job had been ripped away from me. Here I was under investigation for the Crime and Misconduct Commission. My job title was gone. I had a choice, find out who Jesus was, reach out to him or take my life. And that was a battle that day that I decided to drop my mask. Gee, I reached out and Jesus met me where I was at. That's when my true journey, my true faith journey began. Uh, Sometimes it's nice to reflect on a fork in the road where you were heading off on one direction, but an encounter with God takes you in a completely different direction and changes your life, changes the trajectory, changes the way you see the world. And you like to reflect on the fact of people who go through some of the experiences similar to yours, feeling broken and damaged and even Talking about those words these days gets controversial. Broken or damaged, because we're Christians, we recognize that being born in sin brings us to a place where we recognize a broken and damaged foundation. Feeling unworthy and then filtering our understanding of the world according to our own experiences and not our relationship with God. What are your thoughts here about seeing the world differently when you don't have that encounter with God, when you haven't appreciated your identity is more than you are in yourself? I think it's, a, well, I can only speak from my experience prior to really having that encounter with God is I didn't see that there was a way forward. And I talk about it in my book about the X factor that I, I don't I don't know how we in our healing journey without the Lord, right? We get so far, but we can't get that complete internal healing to be able to live fully in the purpose that we were created to be. We were created to live for a purpose, to live, uh, to follow Jesus. That's how we were created. Uh, But the enemy of our soul so 
never wants us to be on that journey. So we get all these distractions and these wounds and this brokenness. And you're right, even mentioning that word today is controversial. But but that, and I think that's why in society and in the world today, Neil, we so easily pick up a mask and put it on. Because if we acknowledge that we're not okay, oh my goodness, we may be rejected. And other people may not like us. You say that when we are marked by those things that happen to us earlier in our lives, those things are damaging, they can cause us to feel broken. Uh, there's something that happens in a self-fulfilling prophecy if you decide not to address these things. How do you see what happens when others who are responsible for the marks on our own life are actually creating a different future for us because they have hurt us? Oh, absolutely. That's such an important point, Neil, because what you're talking about is we're holding on to that to that hurt, to the dare I say that word, unforgiveness towards the person that has damaged us. And that is so important. So we know that we have been wounded. We know we're carrying stuff, even if we don't verbally acknowledge that. And and what we do is we live according to what somebody else expects of us. So for me, I walked, I lived through that filter that I was unworthy. I was full of shame. I was full of guilt. I was full of hurt. I could be no good to anybody. I'd in any way, shape or form. So that's how I live. That's the filter that you see things through. You become, dare I say, a victim and you live through victim mentality. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but your words, your actions, everything you say comes through that filter of I'm a victim. This is this is what's happened to me. This is who I am. And we attach ourselves to that label, which again is another mask, isn't it? It's a label. I'm a victim. That's what I am. But I am not a victim. Let me just say that. Let's. Uh, well, there might be listeners who are thinking through these issues even as we talk and uh, wanting to have their own insight into that. I'm aware, too, that news is coming up in just a few minutes. In just a few minutes here, Wendy, sometimes we talk about healing. Uh, we've touched on the thought that there's an encounter with God that can change the direction, like a fork in the road. It's a different direction you go, and you start to th see things through a different filter. But not always the healing happening instantly, but you say no. healing's not always in a straight line. So uh, there's a process even in the healing when you even get your identity right and you've had an encounter with God, there's a, there's a process involved. Uh, absolutely. And you're right. It's not a straight line and healing will be absolutely different for everybody. And it is not a simple fix. Healing takes time. And it will look differently for everybody. And in one of the aspects that's required when we start this journey of healing is courage. It takes incredible courage to go on the journey to say, I want my life to be different. And we start by acknowledging that we are wounded, that we need that change. And that's when transformation starts to begin. And that's when we're really honest, not only with ourselves, but we're honest with the Lord. And we say, we need you. We need your healing. I need your healing. I need you to take me on this journey. That's when that healing starts. So it starts with a choice to say yes to Jesus. And you take that a step further when you began to realize that you have to make a choice every day. And we could enlarge on that, except to say that there's a companion journal that goes along with your new book, 
Now, uh, the journal is a whole lot of places where you can write your own story. So give us your thoughts here, because when I said you really are interested in the transformation process, uh, the journal is an important companion volume to the book so that you can work through some of these issues and and get things on a different trajectory for your future. Oh, absolutely. It was important for me, and I'm all about action. And I don't know if anybody's watching this, but the journal is all about what you choose every single day, and you get to write your journal Neil said, you said earlier that uh, it is about action. So I have ABC, action, belief and choice. And the journal, I take you through the steps to be able to stop and think about that chapter. Where am I in this? Where I am? Where do I need to renew? What is the trauma? And it's a gentle journey to be able to sit down and journal each chapter. Where am I at? And this is where you're, where you're honest with yourself. The journal is your journal and it's about you being honest with you and that's how your journey starts. Wendy, before we go any further, why don't we take a call? Peter is in Picton in New South Wales. Hello, Peter. Welcome along. Hi, how are you? Very well, Peter. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it's exciting, you know, when um, you start having a breakthrough in the Lord, the Lord will bring messages or you hear something on the radio and when I heard this today, it's like the Lord was just putting... Fuel on the fire. Listen to this. It's going to help you even further. So, Wendy, I really appreciate what you're doing today. Um, I, same thing with me. I've been a Christian a long time and had um, really dark thoughts um, there about six months ago. Like, what you know, what's going on here? This is not working. You know, why isn't Christianity working here? We're supposed to have the answer. Um, and I've just recently had a bit of a breakthrough, and one brother helped me with this, but I'd be praying sort of against the people who are hurting me, like, Lord, convict them, Lord, do something. But I, what he got me to do was just thank God for them. And it was really hard. But it was also like, you've got to thank God for them, but also before you do that, Peter, you've got to have a revelation of how much Jesus loves you, how much he thinks of you. He doesn't see a mustard seed, he sees a mustard tree. He sees someone... He's a warrior. You see the son. You see the daughter. You've got to really have a revelation of who you are as a child of God. And I think a lot of us skip that. We don't get that revelation how much God loves us. And then when I was able to do that, I was able to forgive those people around me and um, also just thank God for them. You know, for my spouse, for the people in my past, and say. I don't know if I'm on the right track here, but it seems to be working. Peter, you're sharing, thank you so much for sharing so candidly uh, your own feelings and the fact that you've been wondering where God is in a process of getting free and uh, to be uh, able to be healed from those things of your past. Wendy, uh, what's going on in your heart and mind as you hear Peter's story? Yeah, thank you, Peter, for sharing. And it is always hard to share your story. And I think one of the things that you shared is important is we get caught up in the why and not the love of the Lord. We, we will often say, why, why, why has this happened? Instead of focusing on how much God loves us through us and in that circumstance. And not only looking for the good in those people, but forgiveness is always a key. Being able to forgive that person is the start of your journey. So thank you for sharing. It is... Um, we all have a different story, don't we? But all of our stories matter. Peter, before I let you go, one, yep, yep. What were you going to say? Can I just add one more thing? Yep. Um, yeah, just one more thing. The other thing I had to do, we've got to realise we have an adversary. We have someone who prowls around and wants to destroy us. And yes. I noticed that 
even though we have to experience the love of God, we've got to take authority over um, also the enemies around to pull us down. So there's two things, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but it seems like we've got to take authority over that and um, just resist the enemy in that area um, when voices do come up because he will whisper that victim um, mentality and, and, you know, everything goes with that as well. Peter, wonderful insight again. And uh, just to reflect on some of those things, as you say, we do have an adversary uh, who prowls around uh, seeking for those whom he may devour. And a lot of that is around who we identify with. We want to identify in Christ when we're Christian believers. We have an adversary, an enemy, who wants us to identify with the pain and the trauma of the past, uh, with a sinful nature, And there is a certain sense in which we can believe the stories of the past, believe the stories that the adversary brings against us, or we can believe what God wants to uh, present for us in this new identity we have in Christ. And Wendy, uh, your thoughts for Peter, but I can't help but reflecting on some thoughts that you have had uh, over a number of years now we've been talking, when you talk about cutting through the BS Now, let me just say the bogus stories, just in case you were thinking something else in there, but a further thought for Peter on on, uh, just how those things happen. Yeah, and and you're right, Neil, absolutely. The BS, the bogus stories that we hear, and and Neil uh, touched, uh, sorry, Peter touched on it when he said it's that little whisper. Those little whispers, you know, the enemy of our souls doesn't have to put a big um, brick wall in front of us that we can't climb. He just has to whisper in our ear those dark thoughts and being aware of those lies and those bogus stories is is it's so important on this journey because what we empower will devour us. And if we empower those voices, if we empower those thoughts from the enemy or I can't do this thoughts or this is going to happen thoughts, the enemy will take us out because that's his plan. Peter in Picton in New South Wales, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own scenario. You might have a thought or two, question, comment, even critique. 1-800-316-316. Wendy, let's get practical. I know that in your book you have an action plan. You call it A, B, C. If you're talking about how do you get free from these things, some people will be saying, I never buy books. I'm not going to buy the book. Give me some insight here so that I don't have to buy the book. Let me encourage you. You ought to get a hold of the book if you're a bit of a reader. But take us through an action plan where people can get free of some of the trauma and pain of their past. Yeah, and I've made it really simple because I like simple. Uh, so it's a really, uh, you know, each our day, every decision we make every day will, as I said earlier, will take us further towards God or further away from him because our daily decisions, our daily habits are part of that action plan. So I've made it very simple with an ABC. A is for action because transformation begins in us. And that, that first action is to acknowledge that we're wounded and that we actually need change. We need help. B is belief. It's about belief that we deserve to live fully in the call that God has for us. And belief also incorporates in the renewing, trading fairness for forgiveness and freedom. Sometimes life throws stuff at us that is not fair. But you know what? We trade that, we trade that for freedom. 
and we we forgive and we trade that for freedom and that's about the belief what do you believe what's important what's important as you believe because belief is an inside job you know if we believe we're only worthy of the muck that somebody throws at us or the the trauma or the pain that's what we'll live through and then it gets to my favorite part of the book the choice chapter every day we have the power of choice but every day we need to make that choice. So every day there'll be moments where they'll just be simple choices. We choose to drive on the right side of the road or we we choose to eat breakfast or not eat breakfast, simple choices. But then there's the big choices. And our choices are often dictated by our emotions that don't always tell us the truth. So they're the ABC actions within this book. And that's, we spoke about the companion journal. The companion journal gives you the opportunity to write out your story. But in that, I also talk about the power to choose. We choose to know who we are. I choose to know who I am every single day. I'm a child of God and he's given me the opportunity to be a power of influence for him. So I choose to know that and that is part of my daily choice. Let me take you to one point that comes under the B section, the belief thought. You've got A, B, C. B stands for belief and the belief as you say starts with what happens on the inside and Mm. what comes to the outside of course is even the way we stop talking about ourselves the way we always have done and start talking about ourselves according to a different plan a new identity the way that God has given to us a different plan a new plan a plan for good things uh, for our benefit not for a curse upon us some people get hung up on uh, words and there are some problems with just the psychologist who says you just change the way you think and that will change everything because uh, we've got an x factor in here the god factor in the change of our lives but it still happens that we do need to look at the way we talk Uh, the things that we are personally confessing about ourselves, the things that we'll write down with a different identity. Your thoughts here on on how you change the words you use when you're thinking about and talking about your direction for the future. Yeah, that is so important. So much so I wrote about it in my latest newsletter that goes out because our words matter. What we say, because quite often, Neil, you know, when I speak with you, I'll be sure that my words are good and and kind and generous. But when we speak about ourselves or we speak over ourselves, sometimes we're not so kind and sometimes we're not so generous. You know, we'll often say, you know, that I'm I'm useless or whatever it is that we say, and I don't want to speak those words out. But when we speak those words over ourselves, we actually live in that space. So what we think about, about ourselves when we end, there is a chapter, the keep going chapter in in my book, Unmasked, Stop Hiding, Start Living, which I talk about thinking what you think and what you say matters. So what you think about yourself, if you say that you have no future, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will not have a future because that's what you believe and that's the filter that you say. So your words are the same. And if you start with your words acknowledging that, okay, I am brave and courageous, I can do this, I can make a difference by making the right choice. See, our our legacy, our future, our story is all created by the daily choices we make. My parents made a choice to take their life and that impacted everybody around them. All my brothers and sisters and two sisters didn't make it through. So their choices impacted my family, 
my choices impact the legacy that I leave and my family. My choices impact where I go and what I do and how I behave, but I must make that choice every single day and not allow those wounds that that were inside me ooze out and take control. I find sometimes the conversation moves to how do we make sense of all of these choices and things we say, the things that mark us uh, internally. Uh, You called it an X factor. Uh, The thought that you have a godly encounter, and as we understand from a biblical foundation, it's Christ who comes to live within, or the Holy Spirit who comes to live within. Uh, Then we're not our own, bought with a price on a mission, a different mission than we were on before. Now we're on the mission of God and his plan for us is for our good. His plan mm. for us is a bright and uh, wonderful, empowered future. So the way we talk about ourselves, uh, I'm a child of God now uh, with a future that's grounded in Christ, not embittered anymore because now I have a life that's marked by forgiveness, marked by mercy marked by grace these things Mm. are powerful things that change us internally and that eventually works its way into the way we are then relating to the others around us isn't that right wendy oh absolutely the the x factor i wrote about it's so important it's uh, it, it just finishes this book off beautifully because that's what my life is it's the x factor if you look at my life there is no way i according to the world, that I should be doing what I'm doing now, right? I shouldn't be a woman of influence. I shouldn't be influencing others to be able to bring change and to be healed and to know the Lord, according to the world. But when I open my heart to Jesus, and I truly open my heart to Jesus, not just said the words, but when I opened up to Jesus and allowed him to guide me every single step, And the ABC actions are the things that I went through. I'm not just creating something to throw at you thinking this will be good. I need it to go through those actions. But when I did that, that's when I truly allowed Jesus in and he's walked me through every part of this journey. See how gracious God, he takes our hearts when we are broken and when they're filled with pain and he leads us on a journey of healing. And that's what he wants for us because each of us has this incredible beauty inside of us that the enemy wants to destroy. Let me take you a step deeper that you don't cover in your book, but I'm interested in your thoughts here as well, because when you have this sort of change that happens, you're not only on a journey of transformation personally, uh, but you've got a journey of transformation for your family, because those who are closest to us, those who we love, they're deeply affected by our own attitude, our own heart. And when we've got a transformation in family, we've got then this responsibility, a multi-generational transformation that affects our broader community. Eventually, we could even take that on to affecting the whole community and our culture around us. The thought that what you do and the change that you make today, the legacy that you leave for the generations that follow you into the future is dependent on us all getting this right. Your thoughts here, Wendy? Oh, Neil, that is so important. Um, our decisions will always impact somebody else. It, my my parents' decision was impacting my family and impacting me. But the day that I sat on my knelt on my lounge floor and cried out to Jesus when I was contemplating suicide, that was the day that that generational um, inheritance of suicide 
that has taken out some of my sisters was broken. So there, that will not, uh, the decision that I made that day means that my children will not go through that. The decisions that I make change the legacy that I leave. The legacy that I inherited was a legacy of suicide and alcoholism and abuse. But the legacy my children that follow after me and the generations that come will not inherit that, that, that legacy. They inherit this legacy of the Lord. That, that even though my children may or may not be following the Lord at the moment, the legacy is still there because I'm creating it every single day with every choice that I make. And I, I so believe in the power of our story and that we get to choose to write that. For so long, we let other people write it for us. If I could leave anything with your listeners is that we, that we get to write our story every single day. And it's not big, maybe not big, giant steps, but maybe it's a simple step. Today, I managed to get out of bed and today I managed to wash the dishes. It only has to be simple things, Neil, but we make a choice. You know, we can reflect on those Old Testament stories, how God provided for the children of Israel in the wilderness. He provided manna and quail to sustain the children of Israel. Sometimes when we talk about the sort of devotional life that we need to develop as Christian believers, we wait on God each day. And sometimes we use terminology like, His mercies are new every morning. And we wait on the Lord because sometimes the plan for the day is coming in that time when we spend with God. A devotional time, a time when we personally connect and reflect and we look at the day ahead and we say lord give us opportunities help us to deal with our own shortcomings uh, you know we deal with you know the sinfulness of our own lives uh, there's a thought here wendy his mercies are new every morning and when you said it starts with a decision to follow christ but there are choices to be made every day it often can happen in that devotional time Oh, and I'm, I'm an early riser. You don't need to be, but I'm an early riser. I love to get up and I sit quietly with the Lord every morning with my journal, with my Bible, because I want union with the Lord. It's out of that union and that oneness that I have with the Lord that I know he will empower me to go on the, on the path that he wants. And I will, I will pray for him to open up the pathways that he wants me to go on this day. And it's not all a bed of roses, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, but... But I know no matter what comes and no matter what I face, because I have this relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, that I can face it. I can, I can go where he needs me to go and I can do what he needs me to do. But unless we build, build that, that relationship with the Lord, and that's the one thing, Neil, it comes, me sitting in church contemplating suicide, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I knew a Jesus that someone was preaching I knew a heavenly father that someone was preaching. I needed to find out who he was for me. And that comes out of reading his word and understanding his character and knowing that even though some days I can't, I can't feel his hand, I know his heart. So I attach myself and anchor myself to his heart and, and ask him to catch my heart. Catch my heart today, Lord. I'm, I'm not coping today, but I need you to catch my heart. And because he loves us and his grace is so merciful, he does. You know, when Moses came down uh, from Mount Sinai and he'd spent time in the presence of the Lord, uh, the Bible says he was aglow and uh, people could tell he was in the presence of the Lord because there was a, a glow about him, uh, shining brightly. 
And when we spend time in the presence of the Lord, we ought to expect that that inner glow is going to even release itself to the outer things that we do in a day. Hey, one more thought before we just tie some loose ends together. For those who are saying, it's time for me to make a decision about the masks I'm wearing, the hurt and the trauma of my past... Uh, It takes, and you describe this sort of thing in your book too, where you address issues around courage. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. Uh, What courage is needed to get a new direction, Wendy? Where do you start with making a courageous decision right now today to make that sort of change and to connect with God? Uh, Absolutely. And courage is needed. Courage and honesty that go hand in hand on this journey. And, And spending time with the Lord, number one, Um, making sure that you have that relationship with Jesus, inviting him into your heart and really crying out for that one-on-one relationship. Starting point, X factor, that's where it starts. Then I really encourage you to sit down and to safely, not journal on all of the trauma that has happened to you, but the one thing that the one thing that keeps coming back to you, the one thing that you know is tripping you up. Start to journal on that. Start to look at what that is and invite Jesus into it and ask him to take you on that healing journey. So it starts with one thing. And courage is what we get to open. It's the door. And I know I've mentioned this before on here. It's the door inside of each of us that nobody can open for us. Nobody else can do it for us. We get to do it. So opening that door to courage is key. Courage and honesty, and there's so much more to talk about. We'll set a date for another day and we'll continue uh, to deepen the conversation. Uh, But, Wendy, sometimes we need someone to walk hand in hand with us. Uh, Sometimes it's not us who have faced the trauma as much as someone who's a member of our family or a close friend, someone we know from church, uh, someone in our community who's going through these things and you can identify those sorts of issues in their lives that you might be able to walk alongside them in a journey. Uh, The encouragement for listeners today is to make that step of faith, be courageous and enter into a pathway which will bring you some level of healing out of that trauma and pain of the past. Well, the book we're mentioning today and our special guest has been Wendy Burns. It's her second book. It's called Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living. Wendy mentioned that she tells her story in her first book called Remarkable You. Uh, the, The one we're talking about today, Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living, it's just released and it has a companion journal and there is this companion journal for mapping your progress. Part of the healing process may be writing down your painful experience. And the new book has, as we said, that action plan, A, B, C, action, belief, choice. Uh, here's a website. You can find this book. Uh, you could find it on remarkableu.com.au. But it'll take you to Wendy's website, which is wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. I did mention, Wendy, that you also speak on professional level uh, topics like leadership and empowering women as much as the inspirational topics of suicide, domestic violence, alcoholism and sexual assault. Uh, there might be listeners who want to even uh, you know, take you up on an offer that you've got to, to be a part of their uh, own professional experience as well. So uh, you could find Wendy at wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. You can get a hold of her books 
uh, order from that website. Uh, Wendy Burns, always just a pleasure talking. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us once again today on 2020. Oh, Neil, thank you for having me on again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 